And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, and today we're going to talk again with Mike Wang, a certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor at Private Vista, which is a uh, local wealth management firm with offices here in Chicago and in Oak Brook. I'm Rich Baker, and I'm an attorney and partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, from not-for-profit administration to defending religious freedom. You can find more about us by going to maukbaker.com, that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call at 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on developments about faith and the law. Mike Wang, our guest today, first began his faith-based financial services as an attorney and is currently a board member for Christian Legal Society's Northern Illinois chapter. By integrating biblical principles at My Private Vista, he now helps others build a strong foundation for their future through financial planning. Mike, welcome back to the show for a second segment. Uh, We got done with our first segment, and there were so many questions left unanswered and so many things I wanted to talk to you about. I asked you to come back. Thank you for taking the extra time and doing that. It's my pleasure, Rich. Thank you for having me back. Mike, for those listeners who did not hear the first program, I'd like to just give a brief review of it, a little bit about who you are, but then go into all these questions that we couldn't get to in the first program. So you are a uh, certified financial planner, but you're also a kingdom advisor. um, Tell me about that a little bit, just so we understand that background of your experience. Right. So in terms of the financial planning, uh, which our firm does, we do holistic planning that looks big picture at our clients, all of their goals and objectives, and we try to put it together cohesively. Um, And then, um, and in terms of the uh, certified kingdom advisors designation, I have specific uh, biblical training in biblical wisdom and what the Bible has to say about finances. So I can bring that in where it's appropriate. Tell me just a little bit about who are these kingdom advisors? That's a, it's a wonderful idea um, and kind of, kind of odd. Uh, Mauk and Baker is like that. We are a Christian law firm. Uh, Our attorneys here are Christian and we're seeking the kingdom. And so too is kingdom advisors. That's right. So kingdom advisors is a, is a nationwide organization that was uh, founded by Ron Blue. Uh, Ronald Blue is a uh, a Christian author, financial planner, uh, CPA, and teacher on many topics, and he wanted to equip financial advisors, financial professionals with biblical wisdom. So Kingdom Advisors, um, it, we have many study groups that, that run throughout the country. Um, we have probably five or six in the Chicago area, and I lead a small group here in Chicago. And we meet on a monthly basis, um, and Kingdom Advisors prepares uh, videos 
probably 20 or 30 minutes in teaching and length on some aspect of faith and finances, and we get a chance to talk and discuss those together. Yeah, Are those available to the public as well, or is that only for advisors? Those are only for advisors, but um, uh, but in terms of the, uh, there's many people who are certified Kingdom Advisors, and you can go to the Kingdom Advisors website, that's www.kingdomadvisors.com, to find a local certified Kingdom Advisor near you. And so your offices, as I introduced you, are here in Chicago and Oak Brook. That's right. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, we were talking about what does the Bible have to say about finances, and you indicated there, I I believe it was over 2,300 verses. That's right. Uh, We also got into the last discussion had to do with giving. So let's get real specific. Uh, Does the Bible have anything to say about things like, um, well, the market seems high and uncertain right now. Should I invest or should I go to cash? Does it say anything about that? <laughs> uh, we, don't we all wish it did, right? Um, so the Bible gives us principles. Um, and so I think principles, uh, you know, as I had mentioned, one of them, I think in our last one was sort of uh, Proverbs 2820. Um, uh, one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. And so that's one thing we have to be careful of. We don't want to be looking for get rich type uh uh, schemes or plans, um, and so does the Bible say that no, you can't, uh, you can't play the lottery or the lottery or anything like that. No, it doesn't. But there's a, but there's an admonition against wanting to get rich and being careful about that. All right, so so you didn't really. I'm I'm dying to know whether I should be investing or going to cash right now. And I note <laughs> you did not actually tell me the answer to this. Right. All right. I'm trying to move this from from uh, principles into application. So. Uh, here's a question for you. How should I save for college? Okay. So let me, let me go back and at least address partially what you did. I didn't mean to avoid you. I think I got, I just got sidetracked, you know, talking. So another principle that, uh, is, uh, the principle of diversification. So Ecclesiastes 11.2 says, you know, divide your portion into seven or eight for you do not know what misfortune will occur on the earth. And so the idea of, of being diversified means we don't have all our eggs in one basket. The one exception I would make, as you pointed out, last time is we can invest all of our eggs in the kingdom of God, right? In Jesus Christ. And that's, that would be the one exception, but not when it comes to investing. And it has a guaranteed return? It, well, the, the kingdom of God has a guaranteed return. Absolutely. Uh, when, it comes, when it comes to the world here, um, the one thing we know is economic uncertainty is the one thing that is certain, unfortunately. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker with the law firm of Malkin Baker. Today, we are speaking with attorney and CFP Mike Wang of Private Vista. Uh, And we're here to discuss what the Bible has to say about uh, how we should handle finances. And I'm pressing Mike at this point with very specific questions. It's like I'm I'm in a tennis match and I'm slamming the ball over and he's kind of puffing him back very, very gently. All right. So Mike, here you go. How about a 401k versus an IRA? Does the Bible say anything about that? Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't recall the Bible saying anything specifically about a 401k, but let's talk about the principle of retirement. Okay, uh-huh. all right. So, I mean, you know, because IRAs and 401ks, they all come to the they all talk about retirement. Um, I can think of maybe one instance, or maybe a couple of instances in the Bible where there's there's something uh, that talks about retirement. In Numbers eight, um, this is uh, this is sort of Levitical priest. It says this applies to the Levites. This is Moses talking. Men 25 years old or more shall come to take part in the work at the tent of meeting, but at the age of 50, they must retire from their regular service and work no longer. That's the only example I can think of um, in the Bible that talks about retirement. So in terms of retirement being biblical, 
I would say the way that we have done it, and my industry has not served the public well in sort of giving this idea out, throwing this idea out there of we should retire to a life of luxury. Um, it, it's not biblical. Now, the, the one other example I, I thought of actually was uh, the parable of the rich fool. So here was an example in which someone tried to retire, didn't work out so well for him. He said, you know, I, I've got all this grain and I'm going to build, tear, tear this down, build up bigger barns, and then I'm going to take life easy. And the Lord said to him, you fool, you know, this, this night I'm, I'm going to take your life and then where will this all go? So uh, we just have to be careful about what the world is teaching. I'm thinking a lot about uh, that question of retirement. And, and lawyers are notorious for not wanting to retire. <laughs> Oftentimes we love what we do. And uh, actually we should retire and, and we're not quite ready to do it. So, uh, but I, I really believe God gave me these gifts and these skills and these talents and resources and he, it says to him who has been given much, much is required. And so I, I have this sense that, that I have a calling and that even though my job title may change uh, as I get older, I don't retire. And that's a really good point. Uh, so there's a really good book written by Mitch Anthony called The New Retirementality. And Mitch, you know, argues, he says that we've, we've fallen into this, into this, uh, trap of believing that we should retire into a life of luxury. And he says, if we have a calling, do you ever retire from your calling? And if the Lord wants us, now the Lord may want you to do something different at a different point in a stage of life, and that's okay. We can prayerfully seek that out. Um, but I think the idea of, of us continuing to serve the Lord wherever it is, whether it's in law, whether it's in finances, whether it's in other, some other uh, ministry, um, is the idea that we continue to serve the Lord as long as we can, wherever we can. I really believe this in, in my plan, and it's hard for me to make this adjustment right now. Uh, I have six kids and they're uh, getting married. My uh, second son just got married last weekend. Um, and grandkids are coming into the picture. And if I don't figure out how to adjust my life to make room and time for them, I think I'll have really missed part of what God's calling for me is. And that's a really good point. And I think God created us to be relational, and it's very important for us to have relation, you know, relationships with those that are important in our lives, particularly our families. And not only that, Rich, you have the ability to sow, to um, to teach, and to uh, to develop, you know, help nurture and develop, you know, some of your grandchildren, and and share that that biblical wisdom and experience, um, godly wisdom that you've gained over a lifetime of different experiences that they wouldn't otherwise have. And that's a really, really important part of um, continuing the faith is to pass it on to the next generation. And it's not an easy thing to do. We have quite a bit of competition these days. Yes. And you had asked it. So you had asked the question earlier about a 401k versus an IRA. So I guess I want to go back and address that a little bit. So um, so some of some of that will depend on what is so if, if you're saving or if someone's saving for retirement, um, it will depend on a couple of things. Sometimes with certain 401k plans, the employers will uh, do some sort of a matching or, you know, so if you put money in and maybe they'll match the first 3% or the first 6%. And if that's available, we say, Hey, that's free money. I would pick the 401k over the IRA in that particular instance. All, all other things being equal, we have to compare to some different things. The other thing is a 401k allows you to put away more money on a pre-tax basis um, than an IRA. This year, it's $24,500 per person if you're over 50, and it's $6,500 versus in an IRA if you're over 50. Coming up, we will talk further with Mike Wang about his biblically inspired approach to helping others manage their money and financially plan for their future. 
You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker. If you have a legal need or a question, feel free to call us at 312-726-1243. Again, that's 312-726-1243. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, a partner with the law firm of Malkin Baker here in Chicago, and we're talking with Mike Wang, financial advisor and certified kingdom advisor at Private Vista. Uh, Mike, I wanted to come back, have a hundred questions for you, but we don't have time for that. Let's start with one. Uh, is it wise to use credit cards, debit cards, or should I just use cash? <laughs> if I have it, obviously. That's a great question, Rich. And so um, the one thing that I've read many studies on this, uh, that the banks know that we don't know, when we use credit cards, on average, we spend between 33 to 200% more than we would if we paid cash. And uh, and I've I've tested this out myself, and I realize it's true. Uh, for those of us who grew up, you know, saving money and and paying cash, it's it it feels a little bit more painful when you have to pull that out of your wallet and give it to somebody as opposed to just pull out a, a card and give it to them. So I will say that even though uh, people who pay off their credit cards every month they do this, they spend more on average, and the banks know this. And and the more people they can get spending, the more the, the higher the percentage they're going to get who are not paying it off and paying the twenty percent plus. Um, that they're getting. So it's a great investment for the banks, I take it. Absolutely. And and uh, even though there are, are great perks like the points and the cash back and everything like that. Yeah, so that, that, that's a good point. But remember what they're doing is they're encouraging us to spend more. And psychologically, when we think we're getting something back, we think we're getting something free, we're, we're more likely to do that. Um, and so uh, it, it's it's believe it or not, we're kind of falling into this world mentality of just spend more, just spend more, put it more on the credit cards. And I, I worry actually for the younger generation who doesn't have cash, we are probably quickly going to a cashless society. And the reason the financial institutions and the stores are doing this is because they, it makes it so much easier for us to spend. Uh, it doesn't feel like we're parting with our money. I just swipe my card, give them my phone, do something of that nature, and it doesn't feel like we're spending. You know, you just you were talking about that, and and a question that I always have is, isn't there a paradox in prosperity? <laughs> there is, and so the the paradox of prosperity goes something like this: more stuff leads to more choices, and ironically. This leads to less freedom and less satisfaction. Um, so more does not automatically lead to greater freedom or contentment. And if you think about it, I mean, oftentimes I'll go into a store and I'll, I'll, I'll look at something. I'll go to buy, buy some cereal and I'll look and there's probably 10 different choices there. And if I'm not particular about it, I'll start looking and analyzing and I'm spending all this time looking at it. One of my friends who is a, who is a believer, who I used to work with, a coworker, she's from Romania. And she always used to tell me when she came from there, when they, when they were communists, she said, you know, there it's easy. If you want toilet paper, you just go to the store and you buy toilet paper. Here we have 10 different choices and it's hard. Uh, you know, you, you raise such interesting questions there. I don't think that we're necessarily as a um, civilization advancing. I mean, everything's faster and there's far more information available and everything. But uh, in the last program, you talked about we're made for relationship. 
And I don't see that relationships are improving today. I see that the breakdown of relationships and people are very, very isolated with their technology or uh, families breaking up and, and so many difficulties that it all seems to be tied into this this whole uh, notion that things may appear one way, but in reality, uh, what seems to be freeing may really be enslaving in the end. So um, that's a good point, and I think a lot of times we, uh, it, as you know, it, it, as humans, we kind of look around us and we look around and we say, "Hey, you know, Rich seems like he's got it all together um, on the outside. You know, everything looks great. He's got a nice home. He's got a nice family. Drives a nice car. Has a nice job, and uh, and we really don't know what's going on inside. And and inside. Um, there are a lot of things going on. Life is messy, and that's why God wants us in relationship with himself to start with as the source of all love and wisdom, but also in relationship with others around us. He doesn't want us isolated. All right. This is a little far fetch for a financial planner, even farther for an attorney. But what's this thing about God wants us to? What? How does that influence your um, counsel? And what does that mean to you when you say that? So when, when I talk with clients, um, it's not my job to tell them what I think God wants them to do. Um, it's all of our own jobs to come before God regularly and ask what he would like us to do. Um, and we have different seasons. Um, so maybe for a particular season, I'm doing, I love doing what I'm doing as a financial planner, as a financial advisor, and working with clients. But it may be that he calls me into something else at some point, And I need to be ready uh, to be prepared for that. Um, and, uh, you know, and my wife, uh, you know, if she's got some other thoughts or ideas, I need to be open to what God might want, might want us to do at some point in time. It's interesting. You mentioned, uh, your wife may have another idea. I have learned through the years to be very careful to listen to what my wife is saying. Um, she has eyes that I don't, a great deal of experience and, and a very different perspective. That's really helpful a lot of times. Yes. Um, I was thinking of estate planning, and, and in our estate planning, she's had different uh, views than I have, and, and I listen very, very carefully. Until we come to that place of, of unity, I'm not prepared to act because I see us as a team, and, and she's invaluable um, to my survival. That, that's just how I look at it. And that's a great point, Rich, because I think money oftentimes can be a source of financial frustration. And they say money is one of the top um, factors in, in people leading to divorce and, um, and, and you know, splitting families apart. And oftentimes it's really the heart issues. What is the root issue behind that? And a lot of times the way we're brought up, um, what we learned or didn't learn about money, it makes a big and lasting impact on how we think about things. And because we don't know any different, we just assume that's the that's the right way, or this is the only way. Um, and our spouses, um, God in His infinite wisdom has oftentimes put um, spouses with different temperaments, different gifts, different strengths, and that are often different to ourselves. And that's what we find mostly. And, and we we do find that we do need you do need to pray and consider each person. Um, I, I laugh carefully. when you say that. My wife has beautiful red hair and she's Irish and she certainly <laughs> knows how to let me know what I need to be doing. Um, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the uh, firm of Malkin Baker and we're speaking with Mike Wang, a certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor who uses a biblical approach to wealth management. Mike, I see that our time is waning away quickly. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, is insurance biblical and is it wise? 
Uh, so let's start with a principle, biblical principle. First Timothy 5.8 says that if a man does not provide for his relatives and his immediate family, he is worse than an unbeliever. And so let me just start with that principle. And while the Bible doesn't talk about insurance per se, there it talks about providence and how we need to provide for our families. So when we think about things like life insurance, disability insurance, how are those important um, and will they pr provide in some way for my family? That's something worth considering and praying and praying about. Um, another example I would think of would be in the New Testament, in which uh, you know, think of you think of the Book of Acts, in which all the believers came to go together collectively as a community, and they shared with everybody um, everything they had. For those who had plenty or those who had something to share, they shared with others. And really, the concept of insurance is is providing a safety net for somebody else. I've never seen it that way before. It's an interesting, especially the Acts um, analogy you just used. Um, what is it? MediShare is yes. like that as well. That's uh, as an alternative to uh, medical insurance. Um, but but the flip side of that is many people think of insurance as not trusting God or as hoarding in a way. So how do, how do you answer somebody who's has that perspective? Yeah, so I think oftentimes when it comes to questions like these in the Bible, we tend to have two different extremes. So on the one hand, on the one extreme, we would say, all right, well, I'm going to only trust God and I'm not going to do anything. Um, and I would say that that's probably a little bit too extreme. I think we need to come before God and really ask him and seek him out and say, Lord, what would you have me do? On the other hand, the hoarding would be saying, all right, well, I'm not going to not only am I not going to buy the insurance, or maybe I'll buy the insurance, but I'm going to save everything and hoard everything so that I can provide in case something happens. And then now we're, we're taking the place of God, which is another place we don't want to be. So oftentimes it's going to be somewhere in the middle, and we just need to prayerfully consider you know, where that would be and how that would work. You know, as you were speaking, a verse came to me that I've always been intrigued by, and that verse is, He gives His people the riches in order to establish the covenant. And that's coming out of, uh, I believe it's out of Deuteronomy, but an interesting principle that our, our resources are not just for ourselves, but they're really to advance the kingdom of God. Right. So in, in the waning seconds that I have with you, a short answer as to how you advance the kingdom of God with your resources. So I think following, you know, following the principles that, you know, some of the principles we talked about, uh, Saving, um, spending less than we earn, doing it over a long period of time, avoiding the use of debt, giving generously, planning for some sort of financial margin or cushion, um, and then also making, setting long-term goals and perspectives. Those are all things that we can do um, sort of on our part. And the rest, we trust God to do the rest. He is going to provide and take care of everything else. Mike, we appreciate you speaking with us today. How can people learn about more about Private Vista and how can they get in touch with you? Um, sure. So you can go to our website, www.myprivatevista.com, or you can call us at 312-831-4431. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks, Mike. Uh, if you have a legal need or a legal question and want a, the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Bakery. You can reach us at 312-726-1243. Again, that's 312-726-1243 or at maukbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Mauk & Baker is a Christian law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals uh, with all of their legal needs. Call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. 
Again, our number, 312-726-1243, and the website is mountbaker.com. Somebody, yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.